It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 25th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosswick. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. Yes, there is a blue check mark there now. No, I'm not bragging about it. Uh, on today's episode of Locked on Magic, we are doing some draft lottery uh, therapy, I suppose. Um, recapping where the Magic go next, answering your questions in the Spotify green room. A replay of today's Spotify, or Thursday's Spotify green room coming up today on Locked on Magic. So a little bit of a longer episode. Um, I do. I, I am starting to, I think, shift my schedule a little bit where Thursday we'll just do this, the green room. Uh, play that back for you on Friday. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But there will be another episode of Locked On Magic tomorrow. My plan is to kind of do a see a, a week decompress. You know, probably around. I'll probably I'll try and post it to make sure it's up by around four or five o'clock, so you can listen to it on your drive home or whatever's convenient for you on the weekend. So we'll do kind of a week decompress uh, coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. So just be on the lookout for that in your inboxes or wherever you download podcasts toward the end of the day. Of course, if you can't wait that long, you can find the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast, you're coming to Orlando Magic with the excruciating detail of this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the LA Clippers after their big win over the Phoenix Suns? Check out Locked On Clippers. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On Podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Now, we're going to dive right in to the Spotify Green Room. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spotify Green Room. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the host and site. I'm the host of Locked On Magic and the site expert at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'm going to jump right in here. We got a couple speaker requests right off the bat here in this uh, Spotify Green Room. Uh, let's hear from Eli Walton. Eli, how you doing, man? Hey, doing good. How you doing, Phil? I'm I'm doing all right. I actually I, I played basketball. For, I shot around. I didn't play, but I shot around for the first time in like a year today. So I'm I'm, I'm feeling okay. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, it's been a while for me too. Yeah, but what, what's what's going on today, Eli? Uh, not much. Um, I definitely feel a little bit better than I did on uh on Tuesday. Um, yeah. but uh, which which stage of grief are we at? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of just coming to terms with it and just trying to make the best out of what we got. Um, and so I was just thinking, like, uh, I don't know what the Magic are gonna do really about five and eight. I'm still thinking maybe they'll just you know stick with five and eight and um, maybe get Kaminga and who knows at, who knows at eight. Um, but what do you think the chances are that they really um, try to do all they can to move up to three or maybe maybe even two or one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they're going to try. Um, you know, I, I have no doubt about that. And you know, I kind of wrote about this on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I know I've said this throughout the course of the. Uh, throughout the course of the season, after the after the trade de- after the trade deadline, it really felt like the Magic put all their eggs into this into this draft. Um, their their goal was to maximize their potential in this draft. Their goal was to get them get the, as high a pick as they could, give themselves the best opportunity at the number one pick. And obviously, they gave themselves a very good opportunity at that. And, and, and it just and it was just as Jeff Waltman described it, just dumb luck. There's there's nothing you can do. It's not it's not a risk. It's not an, it's not a calculated risk. It's just a risk. Is is the line that he's gone with um, throughout the course of this 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 uh, thing. Um, but obviously, we're kind of still at this early stage. Um, it, there, we're already hearing some rumors of teams willing to trade up or down, but I think a lot of it right now is noise. I think a lot of it is just everyone just kind of surveying what the market is. But you know, obviously with Orlando having such a young roster, having some cap room that they're pro- probably very happy to rent out, uh, and having two first round, two top 10 picks at that, 
it is very, very possible that the Magic will be a team that is capable of moving into into that top into that top four, top three, if they really wanted to, if they really if they really want to, and they have the motivation to do so. Um, you know, I've hypothesized that the one team that I want to make sure is picking ahead of Orlando is Cleveland because I always felt like Cleveland would take Jonathan Kuminga. They need more of a, a, a wing type like him rather than a guard, which is obviously, I think, more what the Magic are looking for. But, you know, Cleveland people have told me they're, they're, they they take Jalen Suggs, that they take another guard in this draft anyway. Um, so I, I think that there's, you know, I, I think that it's, it's, it's hard to say um, at this early stage. Um, if a team at the top is willing to make a trade, I think the Magic are more than happy to be in part of that conversation. I think the Magic should be very aggressive to do so. Um, you know, I, I know I've sat here and said this, and, and this is kind of my draft philosophy. If there's a player that you absolutely must have, do what it takes to get, get him. Um, you know, at this point for the Magic, outside of maybe Jonathan Isaac, um, are there any players that you're really committed to keeping? Or are there any players that you feel absolutely married to that you absolutely need to keep? No. And, and I think that that gives the Magic a lot of power in saying, you know, we're restarting, so we'll grab who, we'll, we'll, we'll give you whoever, not give you whoever, but within reason, we will give up what we need to give up to go get their guy. Um, if they're convinced Jalen Green is going to be the next all-star, the next Zach Levine, Tracy Brady, or whatever, whatever it is, whatever the comparison you want to make is, go get him. Um, and, and, and the cost isn't really important because right now, you know, essentially, the Magic don't have anything. Um, you know, that's, I'm not being mean to the players on the roster, the magic need that central guy. Um, so it, 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 I still think it's a little early. Um, I think that a lot of the rumors that we're hearing about trades, I've heard Cleveland be open to trading their pick. I've heard, um, I've heard that, you know, there's been some talk that Detroit might be open to trading their pick at one. Um, I think that's a lot of noise of people just kind of surveying what's out there, what, what it would take. And, you know, Orlando is going to be a team they're going to call because to get five and eight, that's still a, that's still a pretty strong position to be in, in this draft. Right. Yeah, and I was even thinking, um, you know, we all Magic fans, we kind of over, you know, we're biased. We overvalue our players um, sometimes. Um, but, you know, if we wanted to, like, we could easily package five and eight. Um, and if we had to, even maybe even, you know, RJ or Cole, um, if need be, um, you know, and that's – I'd feel fairly confident or that that would be the right move to move up if if it's someone that the magic really really feel confident about. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean and and I think I think this is a lesson that was maybe that maybe we should have learned from the Hennigan rebuild. It's really hard to move forward without the kind of central guy. Without right. without someone who is the guy. If if you know if you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. you know we we like literally the Hennigan rebuild went going from one player to the next saying this is our next star. This is our next star. You know we you know I remember writing this we were waiting for Victor Oladipo to take to take what I had termed the star leap, the star turn. We waited for Aaron Gordon to take the star turn and like Nikola Vucevic got there but we all kind of understood that Nikola Vucevic not that he was empty stats, but Nikola Vucevic wasn't someone that took you over the top. Um, as an all-star. Um, so we were always looking for that guy that would take the team over the top. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, some of it was the player, some of it was the team, that that never really developed. That re- never really turned a corner. Uh, and, and so I think that I think that what, what's really key about this stage is the Magic need to make sure they have their guy, the, the guy that they can really build around. I mean, I think we could all say the Magic team from 2019-2020 was a really good team. It was a solid team but they were missing the one guy. And, and, and literally we were saying either Aaron Gordon needs to take the star leap or the Magic need to turn Aaron Gordon into a star. And they just kind of ran out of time on that uh, before his contract ran out and before his value kind of cratered the way it did. Um, so, you know, I, 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 think, I think you're spot on. Like, you know, someone, someone mentioned in the, in, someone's mentioning in the chat, do people not think Chuma is off limits? I think Chuma would be a little more difficult to trade than, than, and then some of the guys that you mentioned, even like Cole and RJ. Um, but, you know, Honestly, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not even sure Jonathan Isaac's completely off limits. To be perfect, to be perfectly perfectly fair, I think I think there are levels to it. I think you know Jonathan Isaac, Chumo, Kiki are probably the two toughest guys to get off this roster. If that's what people, if that's what people are wondering, um, I would say Jonathan Isaac is still the only player on this roster with an elite skill. Um, he's the only guy that I you could see being like a top five guy at something in the league. Um, and so I think that that's something that the Magic need to make sure they have is they have a star player 
you know, guys, guys you can truly build around. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if Jonathan Isaac's that either. So if you're restarting completely, you got to start with that central piece. Um, a lot of people, and I'm sorry if I'm droning on here. Um, a, a lot of people, a lot of people are, are kind of are comparing what the magic are trying to do to Atlanta or Phoenix and how quickly they, you know, how relatively quickly because Phoenix took a little while, while on that too, but how quickly they jumped into Eastern conference finals contention. I'd say that, yeah, that's great. Do you know why they were able to do that? Because Trey Young is a star. We, 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 there were some questions about it, but everyone thought that he could get there. And Devin Booker is a star. I'll take the L on that one. I completely mis, miscalculated him and, and, and his early career as well. And some of it is because whenever he played Orlando, he stunk. But um, So the little, bit, little bits I saw of Booker wasn't great, but I'll take the L on that one. Devin Booker is a star. He is a, he is, he is a star in this league. You don't get anywhere without stars in this league, and I think that's really the big lesson. And, and you can't just keep playing the lottery, obviously, until you get one. So you got to make a little bit of luck at this point, too. Right. Yeah. So thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Eli. Um, so for those, uh, sorry, we started a little bit early for those that just jumped into the room. Um, people very, very eager to talk about this NBA draft and, and where the Orlando Magic sit. Obviously, I think the Magic are going to be a really active team. But if you're new to Spotify Green Room, this sort of works like a call-in show. You just heard Eli there uh, talking to me directly. Um, so you can make a speaker request and ask your question directly. There's obviously a chat function as well, which I will keep track of too. Um, sorry, sorry, Aaron, for, for, for kind of shocking you with my Chumo Kiki take there. Again, all these young guys, it's not that we don't like them. It's not we, that we don't think they're really good players, that they can be good players. Um, the issue is when you're starting a rebuild, when you're starting from scratch, you need star players. Now, if Chumo Kiki is, is in the gym, is in the Amway Center right now, and all those Kawhi Leonard comments and all those baby Kawhi comparisons are starting to come to fruition, then Chumo Kiki is about is really untouchable too. I really like Chumo Kiki's rookie year. I really, really, I really, really like the way that he played. And I, I would say, again, I would say Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki are probably the two most untouchable players on this team. Um, you know, I think those are the guys that probably have the most promise uh, and the most, again, star potential. The Magic need a star. They need someone to kind of kickstart this whole thing. Uh, so I do think that both, that both um, are solid players and both will uh, contribute something to this team. Uh, but again, the question, the question is, and this is a huge question, is do do they do enough to get you over the top? And, and, and again, I think this is going to be a really interesting question that's going to be asked as the Magic sit at five, uh, where a lot of people are expecting them to take Jonathan Kuminga. Jonathan Kuminga essentially plays the same position that Jonathan Isaac uh, and uh, play the same position that Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki do. Um, you know, when we when the Magic traded Aaron Gordon, a lot of it was because they were tired of kind of the three four debate of whether they could play with Isaac uh, and Okiki. Or, or who could play with Isaac or who could play with, with Gordon or, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, they chose Isaac, which was probably the right choice. Um, so the question then becomes, you know, can Kuminga play with Isaac? Can Okiki play with Isaac? Um, can, can, uh, is Kuminga going to be better than anything the Magic already have? That's, that, that is a huge question. And, and, and honestly, that's part of why having a star is so important. Because right now the whole roster feels oriented around Jonathan Isaac. Um, you know, again, the question that I'm asking is, can Jonathan Kuminga play with Jonathan Isaac? That, that is the question. That is the, that is the big question that we have to ask if, if that's, a, that's the pick the Magic are going to make. Um, and if that answer is no, then maybe they shouldn't pick Kuminga. Or if the, that answer is no, then the question is, is Jonathan Kuminga going to be better than Jonathan Isaac? That's a much more difficult question to answer right now, too. Um, and so, you know, Jeff Waltman mentioned this on... And Jeff Ullman mentioned this on uh, on his post-lottery press conference. You know, yes, the goal right now is to add talent. And, and I would say absolutely that the Magic's number one goal is to add the most talented player they can, the best player that they can right now. Um, they need talent more than anything else. I would take Kaminga at five if that's where the Magic stand. I, I, I can defer those questions to next year. You can play, I, I think you could play Isaac and Okiki together, bring Kuminga off the bench, kind of bring him along slowly, and then use that eighth pick on, on someone that's a little more sure. I'm, I'm a big Moses Moody fan. I think Moody would be able to slide right into the starting lineup and help this team out uh, pretty quickly as well. Um, but, but, you know, you have to be able to orient your roster around a key player. And, and I think that's the big, 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 big point that everyone's missing. Um, someone, uh, I'm just going through the comments again. So I saw, I'm sorry if I'm catching up on conversations here that y'all are having. Um, it's always great to see people um, talking here. Um, Shannon Thomas says, I like Josh Robbins idea to target rockets pick and Eric Gordon for our two picks and Harris give rockets flexibility with cap space and two solid picks. Um, 
I, I think that the Rockets will be a more difficult trade partner um, just because they, they're rebuilding just like the Magic. They need everything too. So unless their guy, I mean, who, who is their guy? That's, that's the question. Who is the guy that they really want? If they really want Evan Mobley, they need to stay at two and take him with the second pick. If they want Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs or they don't really have a th- preference between the two, then maybe sliding back to five is okay. If Kuminga is their guy, slide back to five. Absolutely, 100% do that. Um, but I find it difficult for the Magic to, to do that. Um, Cleveland, to me, is probably a more realistic trade target Target because, again, I think that they'd be okay taking Kuminga. Um, I think that they'd be okay. I think that would fit their roster right now. They're probably a little bit more antsy to start winning and start looking for guys that, that match fit rather than uh, talent. Um, and again, the talent at the top of this draft is our guards. Um, you know, do, are they going to keep Jared Allen? If not, then Evan Mobley might be the right pick for them. Um, Cleveland, to me, might be in a position where they'd like to kind of be a little bit more aggressive. Um, and so, you know, as people are suggesting, Ross Harris and five for three and Kevin Love is probably the deal. Yes, something like that. Um, the Magic obviously have that $17 million trade exception that they can use so they can take on some extra salary. They have some cap room next summer that they can spend. Uh, and, and I'm sure the Magic would be more than happy to, to rent that cap space out because they're not going to be free agent players. So a deal like that where the Magic acquire Kevin Love. Um, I saw a Magic fan suggest, would you trade for two if you had to take John Wall? Um, I, absolute, I absolutely would. I absolutely would take on John Wall's um, uh, take on John Wall's contract to get the second pick. Cap room for the Magic right now doesn't matter. I know the Magic worked really hard to clear their books. The Magic can defer free agency for a little while longer. They don't need it right now. Um, so I, I think I think that that's that's definitely that's definitely going to be uh, something interesting to see what the Magic do with how they utilize cap space. We see that a lot with with these rebuilding teams. The Nets were infamous for for renting out cap space. The Hawks did it for a long time while they were rebuilding. I would expect the Magic to be involved in these deals where they take on someone like a Kevin Love, like a John Wall, not necessarily those players, but someone like them uh, for teams that are just trying to get rid of some salary, get some future assets, get something that they want, and be willing to take on, you know, kind of that that, that big contract um, in, in the process. Let's take a quick break so we can pay some bills because right now it is time to name the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Um, obviously not a great day on Tuesday with the NBA draft lottery and the Magic falling to number five, but this moment of the week is something special. Thursday was the 29-year anniversary of the Orlando Magic's drafting of Shaquille O'Neal, a moment that not only changed Magic history forever, but changed Orlando history forever. Um, it, it's First off, it is hard to believe that it has been 30 years of Shaq in the NBA Uh, It still feels almost like yesterday, maybe a little bit further than yesterday. It feels like about a week ago that Shaq was in a Magic uniform. And obviously so much has happened uh, to the Magic since then. But if you did not get to experience Orlando Shaq, you missed out. This was a city coming into its own with a player that they could truly kind of call their own. A player who could literally grow up in the city. And he delivered the the city its first winning team. Its first playoff appearance, its first finals appearance. It's first real brush with greatness, a brush with greatness that perhaps Orlando was not quite ready for. But I remember going to games at the Orlando Arena as a kid and the electricity and buzz because Shaquille O'Neal was in the building, because Shaq was there, and the presence that Shaq gave. I remember uh, under, uh, under the basket every time Shaq had a dunk, uh, whoever was sitting under the basket would put a Superman S right on the, on, the, on, the, on the board there that they used to have before they went to full courtside seats. Shaq truly, truly changed this city and this team. Obviously this team, but more importantly this city, making it realize that it can be a big city. I, I, you could say a lot about sports and how frivolous and crazy it is, but sports really do change cities. Uh, and Shaq's presence in Orlando undoubtedly made Orlando the city that it is today. So today's Michelob Ultra moment of the week is our remembrance of the 29-year anniversary of the Orlando Magic's drafting of Shaquille O'Neal. If you've never seen Shaq with, in a Magic uniform, go pull up some highlights. He was insane. Remember, there was a lot of sadness at the end, but the joy was the best part because joy is 
Uh, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Joy creates success. And with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra helps you enjoy it just a little bit more. We won't be talking about the playoffs today, but Michelob Ultra is also our sponsor of our Road to the Finals NBA Playoffs coverage. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Now we'll head back into the green room. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Jim Holler uh, says, defense doesn't help this team win. Magic DNA has been defense for years. They need to do whatever they can to get offensive players in here. Um, and, and I think, Jim, you're, you're really hitting on a really important point. Um, you know, when if, if it came to this decision, it's not um, between Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. I might think Evan Mobley is a better player, but I think Jalen Green's a better building block for this team just because wings are so much more important than bigs at this point. It's not that I don't think defense is important. I think you need to have players that are willing to defend. But, you know, I have obviously I haven't written my lessons from the Atlanta Hawks post yet for Orlando Magic Daily. But I think the lesson that we're seeing from the Atlanta Hawks and the lesson that we certainly learned from the New York Knicks is that you can figure out defense along the way as long as you have guys who are committed and and willing to try things and willing to kind of get in with the game plan, especially in the playoffs where matchups are more important. You know, defense gets the end of the playoffs, but it doesn't win in the playoffs uh, or doesn't win when win, win, it doesn't, isn't the end all be all in the playoffs. You have to be versatile uh, and you have to be able to score. Um, at the end of the day, you got to be able to put the ball in the basket. Um, so I do agree with that, with that notion. I do agree with that notion that yes, defense is important. You don't forget it. You want guys who are willing to play defense. But offense is what's winning in this league right now. You need to be able to score. You need to be able to beat these really sophisticated defenses. You look at the shots that Kevin Durant made in, in that playoff series. You, you look at how Milwaukee played yesterday and when Milwaukee really struggled. Milwaukee really struggled because they played their base defense where they were going under screens, they were switching everything, they were dropping, and Trey Young ate them up. Um, at the end of the day, you need guys who are going to be able to score. You need guys who are going to be able to put the ball in the basket and at times carry you down, uh, carry you down to the finish line. And yes, you know the Magic are far away from a championship, but these are where the seeds are planted for that championship team. You need to find the players that'll get you to get you to that level. And, and again, if you want to advance deep in the playoffs, you need to get to that level. I mean, I would I would say this even in 09, the Magic were a strong offensive team, um, but you know their their calling card was their defense. The re- the reason why the Magic I think struggled in that series against Philadelphia was Andre Iguodala was the best offensive player in that series. Like like you know tell tell me I'm wrong. Um, you know Hito Turkoglu was great and all, but the Magic's offensive attack was always inconsistent. It was always you know are they going to make their three pointers? And they made a ton of them in the series against the Cavs. So you know don't don't get me wrong. The Magic were a good offensive team, but at the end of the day, the Magic needs someone who can make the defense think a little bit. Dwight Howard wasn't making the defense think. Um, you know, except, except to kind of say to stay on shooters or go, go down and double, um, the, you know, at the end of the day, Kobe had an incredible series because it didn't matter what defense the magic played. Kobe was going to beat it. Um, and again, I know we're talking about the highest levels there. Um, but that's ultimately where you're trying to get, right. That's ultimately how you're trying to play. Um, you know, a lot of comments here about Isaac fixing a lot of the defense. I do think Isaac helps the defense a ton. Uh, I, I'm going to really tell people and tell all of you right now, temper your expectations on Jonathan Isaac. I know I, I joked that next year, Jonathan Isaac would be on the all defensive team. I would expect a, a very kind of uneven year from Jonathan Isaac next year. Just a re- it's a recovery year. You I mean, think about, think about how Chuma Kiki played. And I know Chuma Kiki's a rookie, um, but Chuma, Chuma needed the full year to get back 
you know, to kind of full full strength. I'm expecting a much better Chumo Kiki. Like the, to the, you know, to to Aaron. No, if you're if you're still in the room, I don't think Chumo Kiki is going anywhere. Don't get me wrong. I do not think the Magic are trading Chumo Kiki. Uh, I, I think the Magic are still very very high on him. They're really excited about how he played his rookie year this year. Um, and I think that he's going to continue to get better and better and better and better. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about with Shuma Okiki. Um, Daniel Mortensen says, is there a world Isaac can play the center position? Not full-time. Um, I don't think, I don't think Isaac will, uh, will be a full-time center. Um, just the physical pounding. And I know the NBA is different. There's a lot more five out offenses, but at the end of the day, you're still taking a physical pounding if you're going to play center in the NBA, I, I just don't think he has the body type to, to handle that. Um, you know, I think in small spurts, I mean, the, the, everyone, you know, talked about, you know, everyone, when the death lineup for the Warriors came out when dream, Draymond Green was playing center, um, everyone talked about Draymond Green playing center full time. And, and it was like, no, they, they don't do that. They do it in little spurts. They do it like the last two minutes of the second quarter. Um, they do it like really, 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 really quickly to kind of like press a matchup advantage that they felt like they could they could have. And and you know again, they outscore you by five points in the last two minutes of the second quarter. That can be the difference in games, especially close games. Um, but they didn't do it long term because they knew teams would adjust and teams would 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 change to them. Now, do the Magic get to a point where maybe they're in the playoffs and they have to play Jonathan Isaac at the five? Absolutely. If that's what the matchup dictates in the playoffs, do it all the time. Do it as much as you need to do it. Um, but during the regular season, except in limited circumstances, I mean, you try it. I'm not saying don't try it, but I, I don't think that's something that you do. And I, I, I don't know if I would necessarily do it a ton this year where Isaac's going to be um, Isaac's going to be uh, kind of coming back from injury again. This is going to be a recovery year for both Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Uh, I think it's more about just getting them out on the court uh, and less, less than, you know, kind of them kind of getting confidence in themselves again. Again, look at what Chumo Kiki did early on in the year um, and early on after he came back from the bone bruise. Chumo was still, you could still see the wheels turning and still see him trying to test things out and make sure that he was getting himself back. Then when that confidence hit, when he felt really confident, we saw how good he could be, hit the rookie wall for a little while. Um, and then kind of found a second wind again and really sort of picking his play up before he sprained his ankle against Cleveland uh, in that game. Uh, so, so uh, you know, again, it, I think we'll see stuff like that from, from Isaac where he'll have like a month and a half where he's really, really, really good. Um, and uh, a month and a half where he's really, really, really good. And then kind of a, 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 a little fallow period and then he'll kind of bounce back once again. Um, Wilson Reyes asking, would you trade number five for number seven and something else? Moody at seven, group night at eight. Um, I don't know if I would do that. Um, it would depend what that something else is. Um, the thing is the magic are not looking for kind of assets for the here and now they're, they're looking for, for young players. They're looking to kind of build the, the foundations of the future. And, you know, honestly, I, I know there's, there's people fretting about Kuminga and I know I just kind of went on a, 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 a kind of scree about you know is Kuminga the right fit next to Isaac is he a good fit with this team but at the end of the day the Magic need talent uh, and Jonathan Kuminga is far more talented than any of those guys um then I think he can be a whole lot better um you know I, I I don't think if the Magic trade from five they'll be trading up I don't think they'll be trading back um I, I think that I think that much is I think I can say that that much with um with certainty uh the Magic you know worked hard for that pick um, this was long considered a five-person draft. It's now more like a four-plus-one-person draft. And, you know, there's certainly some there's certainly some narrative that, you know, maybe Scotty Barnes is sneaking into that into that group too. Uh, although I, I, I like Scotty Barnes, but I don't think he he's, can be as good as Kuminga. Kuminga's 18. He's going to need some time. Um, but he's, he's really good. Um, I, I still think he's really good. I mean, he just had, had the shot is the big question with Kuminga, but... Uh, I, I, I just, I don't think the magic would trade back uh, unless again, again, I would, I would make this clear if Moody's their guy, if book Knight's their guy and they feel confident that trading back, you know, saves them a little bit of money, gives them an extra asset, go for it. Um, you know, I would say this, you know, I have to watch a little bit more book Knight, but from what I've seen and what I've read about him, you know, he could very well be kind of the Donovan Mitchell type of this draft. Um, you know, you're looking, I think that what the magic are looking for is guys with star potential. And, and I agree with, with everyone who says, you know, Book Knight might have star potential. He's clearly a bucket getter. Um, that that's the best way to describe him. Um, and and I get why people are very very high on him. I know I know our good pal Bamstraff Richard Stamen uh, from Locked On NBA Draft is super high on him too. 
Um, I, I, if, if that's your guy, go get him. If that's your guy, take him at five. Who cares? Make sure you get him. Honestly, like why trade? Why trade back? Why risk it? Take him at five. A couple extra million dollars. Who cares? Take him. Like seriously, seriously. Like don't, don't like, unless the return is too good to pass up, don't mess around with it. Take it. Just, just, just get it done. Just get your guy. That's, that's, that's what I think ultimately matters. Um, but I would say this, um, with this draft, you know, having two picks at the magic state pick put at five and eight, I would like to see them take a swing, take like a home run swing, take a guy who they think can be a potential star with one pick. And then a guy who's pretty safe has maybe a little bit of a ceiling, but you, you're pretty confident that his floor is going to be a useful NBA player with that second pick. Um, and that's why in almost every mock draft that I've done so far, Kuminga has been my risk at five and Moses Moody has been my risk at eight. Um, I think that, I think that that's, you know, that the, the magic have flexibility here with these two draft picks to, to, to do, to, to get two very good players. And again, as much as everyone's fretting about the draft and, and, and thinking, Oh, we didn't get a star. Um, they're going to get two very, very good players. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't see the speaker request. Um, Daniel Mortensen uh, coming on here, Daniel. Hey, what's up? Daniel, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, how's it going, man? Going well. How about you? I'm doing all, I'm doing all right. Can't complain. My question is in regards to the head coaching search. Sure. If we stay at five and we are fortunate enough to land Kaminga um, and either like a Moody, Bugnight, or even Giddy, as you've mentioned many a times, um, head coach we're looking at is going to have to be somebody who's going to have to push us up tempo since we have all of these athletes to try to kind of similar to like a Memphis Grizzly style where it's just push, 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 and try to just run over the team and, uh, you know, try to play in transition. I just wanted to get your thoughts as far as the head coaching search, if something like that would work or if you think some another playing style would benefit the team. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think definitely, you know, the Magic want to, I mean, pace and, and tempo are are kind of odd things. Um, you know, you look at Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is actually a really good example of this. Um, you look at Markel Fultz, uh, when the Magic you know, not this year, even this year and, and last year too, the Magic actually played at a slower pace in terms of possessions per 48 minutes with Markel Fultz on the floor than when he was off of it. Um, some of that might have to do with Nikola Vucevic, who I think plays a little bit more earthbound, kind of slower game. Um, but pace in terms of number of possessions and fast break opportunities, um, I don't think that's necessarily the measure of pace. And it's certainly not the measure of pace that coaches use. Um, you know, I think most of us would say Markel Fultz is not a slow paced player. He is a fast paced player. And a lot of it's just the way you operate and run the team and, and the way you get, get them going. But I would agree with this. Something the Magic have to do better at is, is finding points on the margins. And that means getting out in transition. That means, you know, forcing some turnovers, trying to be very high energy defensively. And I think as good as Steve Clifford was as a coach defensively, his defensive strategy is very conservative. Um, he wanted guys to kind of sit back. You know, not, you know, not, not jump into passing lanes, not get a lot of, you know, not go for tons of steals, not even put on a ton of ball pressure. It was very much compact the paint, make it hard for them to score, make, you know, stay within reach of your man so you can contest, but make it hard for them to score, make it hard for them to, to, to kind of get easy shots and get in the paint. Um, and and the, the takeaway with that is, you know, sometimes you give up more threes, sometimes you give up a, a, a few more of those shots uh, and you don't get steals and don't, don't get out in transition. Um, what was really interesting is in those first days after the Magic made the trades, those first couple games um, on the West Coast, uh, it was what, uh, the Clippers, the Lakers, and, and the Pelicans game, those first three games especially, it really felt like the Magic were kind of flexing some defensive pressure muscles that they hadn't done in a long time. And a lot of that is because Nikola Vucevic just didn't have much, uh, doesn't, have much foot, doesn't have much foot speed. Like, the Magic had to play this conservative style, it, you know, because – they couldn't trust Nikola Vucevic to do anything but drop. Um, you know, they, could, they couldn't do anything. You know, they needed him to drop. They couldn't press him up. But Wendell Carter, they could press up a little bit. You know, they, he was going to erase a few shots. He was going to be able to recover. He was going to be able to switch a little bit. And that increased the pressure. And I think, honestly, with Jonathan Isaac back, they'll be able to increase and ratchet up that pressure a little bit more. And that's what's going to create some more fast-break opportunities. Uh, yes, I would love to see a Magic team that plays with a little bit more aggression defensively. I'd love to see the Magic you know, again, maybe they give up a few more layups. Maybe there's some some other holes in the defense that they have to fill in. But this team, I agree, needs to be able to run a little bit more. Needs to be able to just go out and play. I think, especially with young players, 
um, when they're thinking, when they have to go through kind of progressions in a, in a, in a half court set, that's the most difficult part for them. So if you can get them to kind of play in secondary transition, uh, in transition completely, and the Magic were not a great transition team last year. A lot of turnovers in transition. Aaron Gordon specifically not very good in transition, um, on the dribble at least. Um, if you can get the team to just kind of go out there and play instinctually, that's going to help them a lot. That's going to help them a lot and, and, and help them find some easy success. Um, does that mean that the coach needs to necessarily play an up-tempo game and, and, and kind of force tempo? Maybe. I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a requirement. Um, you know, this roster would seemingly want more of that and, and would seemingly call for more of that. But um, at the end of the day, you got to be able to execute in half court anyway. Like, I mean, it, it can't it can't be one or the other. Um, so I think a more aggressive defense is probably more what the Magic are looking for with this group so they can get some of those opportunities as well. Um, so I, I think that's... I think that's 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 certainly certainly something to look at there too. Um, Wilson Reyes did ask about the Lakeland Magic um, search for a coaching position. I think they're probably going to fill the Orlando Magic's head coaching position first. But yes, the Magic, do, the Lakeland Magic, do need a new head coach after Stan Heath uh, left for um, I believe this is alma mater at, Michi- at Eastern Michigan. Um, Jim Hollers asks here: Is there a world where Orlando keeps eight but trades five Chicago Denver pick plus player for a top three pick? Yes, there, there's absolutely a world where that happens, you know, whether it's a team just doesn't want to take on an extra top 10 pick or they don't like it, don't like people in this draft. It's, it's absolutely possible. Um, I think the main point is the Magic have assets to spend. Um, you know, again, uh, a lot of people have been speculating that the Magic could be a team that goes after a guy like Ben Simmons if he comes on the market. I, I am skeptical of that uh, for many reasons, but um, that, that the Magic could be a team that goes after someone like Ben Simmons or this is a team that could, Go that could make them trade up to the top because they have two top 10 picks. They own all their own picks. They have the 33rd pick in the second round, which is not nothing. That 33rd pick could be a very valuable trade piece too. They have a $17 million trade exception. They have a lot of young guys. They have some interesting veterans. Like Terrence Ross, I think, is going to be someone that gets a lot of calls this offseason. I think there's definitely a, a sense that the Magic are going to move on from Terrence Ross this offseason. Um, Gary Harris is an expiring contract, and if a team believes in him and what he can bring to the, t- to the table – He'll be a valuable asset. I think I think he'll get a lot of calls, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline if he looks like he's recovered from his injuries and is playing well for the Magic this season. Um, the Magic have a lot of tools at their disposal. So I think we will see, and, and again, because they're a rebuilding team, probably a willingness to, to rent their cap space. Um, you give the team a player, you know, a player on a big contract that you no longer need, as long as that's not like two, three years out, Magic will take him. Like the magical pun free agency, they they cleared their cap sheet. They're not, you know, they're not tied down to anybody right now. Um, you know, certainly, you know, I think we'll hear Wendell Carter and Mobamba rumors as well this this offseason because the Magic, I don't think, are going to re-sign them at this point to, as restricted free agents. Um, so I, I I do think that the Magic, you know, the Magic have a lot of assets at their disposal to make things happen. Um, will something happen? I still think it's pretty early in the process, but you know, I'm I'm sure the Magic have run through a lot of these possibilities and they're certainly doing so now with uh, the draft order set. Um, as many, many of you are noting, um, m- many of you are noting, you know, that magic may not keep all these picks. Um, you know, again, they're super, super young. This was the, f- at the end of the season, this was the fourth youngest roster in the league. This is a really young team. They don't have a lot of veterans. Um, and so, you know, again, what the magic are trying to accomplish is going to be very, very different than what I think a lot of teams are also trying to accomplish. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need if you're trying to take care of your car yourself. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what the difference is. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. You just, you just hate that tapping sound. You want to look, you want to try and help, but... Uh, they're always in some code that you don't understand. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. It's a lot of asides there. Essentially, you're just sitting there waiting and at the whims of the store and what they have. You have computers with access to rockauto.com. You don't need any of that. It's in your pocket already. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. 
They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, plus a whole lot more. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Taste Podcast, also brought to you by your pals at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing right now. You can track all that action on Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action, too. For the next pitch, puck drop, or tip off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the playoffs. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked Off. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Don't forget, too, to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the Los Angeles Clippers are back in the game thanks to Paul George's amazing performance in Game 3. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We've been going on here for about a half hour. It's almost 5.30 p.m. Eastern time here um, here uh, as we're kind of talking talking things out through the lottery and all the different permutations um, that the magic can go through. Um, if you're new to Spotify Green Room, I'm actually going to promote this room one more time uh, as I'm doing this. But if you're new to Spotify Green Room, um, you can, of course, make a speaker request um, and, and talk to me directly. Uh, you can mention uh, mention things in the comments. Um, uh, and and uh, sorry, I'm, I'm typing out here. Um, and, uh, and, and make, make your, make yourself heard. I mean, this, I'm, I'm here for you guys. I'm here to answer your questions. I'm here to kind of interact with you guys. I know I tend to, uh, tend to kind of drone on, on the podcast. Um, I always enjoy talking to directly to my listeners, directly to my readers on OrlandoMagicDaily.com and, and hearing what you guys are thinking about. I, I crowdsource. I am not ashamed to say it. I go, I read, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the online magic subreddit. I, I read what people are saying, what people are talking about and, and try to answer those questions for you as, as best as best I can with my perspective and, and the access and the access that I have. Uh, um, we'll probably go, I'm thinking another 15 minutes or so. Um, if, if, if y'all, if y'all have anything, um, I was trying to remember now what I was going to say. Uh, to open the show because because we just kind of jumped right in with today with today's um, podcast, but or with today's screen room. But you know, I, I think what's really important to remember when we talk about um, the NBA draft uh, is you know a, a not everything's set in stone. I mean, you have to kind of play the hand that you're dealt. But you know, as as we've talked about, the Magic have a lot of options ahead of them. Um, the Magic have a lot of flexibility. The Magic have a lot of avenues that they can go down. There is. Um, there, there are a lot of things the magic can do. Um, you know, like we're talking about all these possibilities and, you know, frankly, a lot of them are realistic. Um, there is a really, you know, again, not, maybe not a really good chance, but if Cleveland wants to make a trade, Orlando's there, Orlando is positioned to make a trade. Um, if anyone in that top four wants to make a trade, Orlando's positioned to make a trade. And like I said, if your guy is there, go get him, Uh, you know, pay what you have to pay, go get him. Like nothing on this roster should feel super 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 permanent um there there this is a brand this is a blank canvas for sure uh and the magic can absolutely do what they need to do um to, to go get their guy um they need they need to be aggressive they need to be assertive that is 100 something that has to happen um you know again I, I think jeff wellman is accused a lot of sitting on his hands um and obviously the last few years he's kind of been handicapped by a few things but you know he was aggressive and assertive in deciding to uh, deciding to uh, uh, completely change the franchise and, and completely go in a new direction. Um, he has to be the same aggressive and assertive now. Um, would it have been easier to have just gotten the number one pick? Absolutely. Winning the lottery would have made things a lot easier. But now, the wor- as Weltman said on Tuesday, now the work begins. Now they go into the kind of guys they want, the kind of guys they're looking at, the, you know, the kind of people they want to bring in, and then figuring out how to get them on the roster. Again, I think, I think, you know, it's easy to think of the draft as you get your pick and, and it, that's that it's really, you find your person and that's that 
The Magic drafted Chumo Kiki when no one else thought they should draft him at 16. That was their person. And I think most for the most part, I think Magic fans are pretty, pretty, pretty happy with it. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what was, we'll see what happens here. Um, but you know, I think the magic do have a lot of options and a lot of things that they can accomplish and that they can do, um, with, with, with this right now. Um, so for, for sure it's, it's, a th- it's, it's a thing. Um, again, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at, at, at a draft that for a lot, for a lot of, a lot of time was considered a five man draft. Um, you know, I, I, I told, I think I told everyone, look, my goal for the magic was getting the top five. I don't really care about anything else. Get one of those five big guys. Um, I know it's disappointing that they ended up fifth, but they're going to get one of these five good guys. Um, and again, like I said, I think the strategy should be if you're going to stay at five and eight, take one guy that's a little bit of a home run swing, take another guy that's a little bit more of a single or a double. Um, that's why I'm big on Moses Moody. Uh, I, I really like Moses Moody. I think that he can develop into a great three and D guy. Uh, because he played at Arkansas and was very successful at Arkansas as a primary score. He had like a 22% usage rate at Arkansas. Um, because he's shown that he can be a primary scorer for a very good team. They were three seed last year. Um, there's a potential that he could be a little bit better. Now, I don't think he'll get there. I think that he'll be a 3 and D guy. And obviously, saw, we saw his measurements. He's He's got the length thing checked out that, that Jeff Waltman and, and John Hammond have proven that they like. Um, but... Uh, but but I do think that that's that's part of the question. That's part of the question that the Magic have to answer. Um, Daniel Mortensen asks again here: Is Kuminga more likely to be star than any guy on our roster? I I think so. And honestly, I, I do think so, and that's why I would still take him. Um, again, I'm a big believer, especially high in the draft, take the best player available. Um, I was really impressed with Kuminga in the G League. To be perfectly honest, I know I know a lot of people are kind of disappointed with him, but I think injury definitely slowed him down, especially. Uh, toward the end of the bubble. Um, but I thought his shot was a little further along than I thought it would be. And our shot's definitely still a work in progress. Um, he has to be more consistent, but it, but it looked fine to me. Um, you know, he's going to have to learn what a good shot is. He's 18. He is super duper young, uh, but he's physically ready to play in the NBA. I think he can be a good defender. It's, it's about what he wants and about kind of getting through the personal stuff. Um, and, and he can finish at the rim and, and finish at the basket. And, and he's, he's kind of a, a bullet going downhill. And again, the magic, uh, one thing the magic need is someone who can create their own shot, get to the basket and kind of force some action. Um, that's what Cole Anthony was really good at late in the season and why we were really excited about the way Cole Anthony finished the season. That's why, you know, some of the things Chumo Kiki showed was really exciting, but those players, you know, Cole Anthony's kind of built as a scorer and it's just whether he's a good enough and efficient enough scorer to play that role full time or whether that's better coming off the bench. Um, Okiki, I don't think we really know what he is yet. So, you know, definitely, you know, again, Okiki's not someone that I would give away. Um, and Jonathan Isaac, again, he's made some strides. He's made some strides offensively. I'm not discounting that. His three-point shot especially has got, come a long way. Um, his fadeaway jumper, I still think about that move he did against the Philadelphia 76ers when he hit a fadeaway jumper over Tobias Harris. Um, if I if Isaac, if Isaac can, can kind of pick that back up then Isaac's probably the best player because he's just he's such a great two-way player um I'm so convinced I've told numerous people this I will say it again if Jonathan Isaac had kind of a killer instinct and an ego to him if that was part of his nature I don't know if he would have gone ahead of Jason Tatum but he would have been in the talks to be the number one pick in that draft um you know I I am convinced of that and you know again it's Isaac's Isaac just isn't naturally a a kind of he, he doesn't naturally have a killer instinct um and that's not a bad thing that's not that's not good or bad, but you know, I think when you're playing at the highest levels, you need a little bit of an edge. You need a little bit of a, of, of an a-hole in you. You need to be a little bit willing to kind of put the, put the, put the dagger in someone's heart. And, and I think that's something that this team has been missing. Um, you know, again, who's, who's that guy? Like Tobias Harris, I think had it a little bit. He just wasn't as efficient and, and the magic were kind of in a weird place. Um, you, you, you have to be able to kind of, kind of stick, stick some, you know, kind of stick it to someone when, when they're down. And again, you watch Trey Young, that shimmy, that's, that's what you need. Like Devin Booker, Devin Booker's unafraid. Like, again, those guys, that's part of what being a star is, you know, call it the Mamba mentality, call it whatever you want. You need to be able to kind of, you need to have that little killer instinct in you to go, to go after people, go after people when you need to. Um, Obviously a lot of it is just Jonathan Isaac staying healthy. Again, like, like Aaron O'Keefe's mentioning here in the, in the chat, the biggest thing for this year is Jonathan Isaac just needs to stay healthy. I do think the Magic will be cautious and careful with him. I don't see him playing a lot of back-to-backs, especially early in the year. Um, there will definitely be times where he's kind of injury-managed. Um, if he can get to 60 games, I will be really, really happy. Um, I think that would be a huge victory for the Magic to get him to 60 games next year. 
Um, I think the key is just go get through the season without any setbacks, without any kind of hindrances, and, and just kind of let him kind of regain his his place um, and regain his, his skills and regain where he was at overall uh, uh, with the team. Um, you know, again, uh, uh, like like I keep saying, I think there's a lot of excitement about where this team, the, you know, about the potential for this team. I mean, obviously, it would be a lot better if we had a Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green in our back pocket. Um, you know, I think Jalen Green's probably the best fit overall for this team, and, and he'd be a guy that I'd be targeting at two or three. Um, but I, I think that it is. I, I think that the Magic still have a lot of really interesting young talent. Um, they just need again the one guy that kind of ties it all together. It kind of pushes them ahead. Um, I think that was one of the big mistakes of the last rebuild was we just didn't have the one guy that tied it all together. We were constantly searching for the one guy to tie it all together. And I think the hope from this lottery was the magic would get that one guy and, 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 and kind of bring it all together. Um, you know, uh, again, that's, I think that's, that's part of, that's part of what this draft was supposed to deliver. And, you know, I was talking with someone, the other, I was talking with someone the other day about this, you know, he felt pretty confident that the magic would win 25 to 30 games as constructed right now. And I think we still have a long way to go. I, I, I think next year is going to be a really tough season win uh, by wins and losses. Um, to be frank, uh, I think that again, you have two starters who are going to be recovering from ACL injuries. You know, we don't know when Jonathan, we don't know when Markel Fultz is going to be back. I suspect Jonathan Isaac will be back for training camp, um, but we don't know when those players will be back. Uh, and it's going to take them the whole year to kind of get themselves back into the rhythm of things. And they will be injury managed like crazy too. So, um, I, and again, this team will be really young. Their offense is going to have a lot of moments where it really struggles unless the, unless the coach that they hire is a complete genius and everything really, really clicks. Uh, and, and again, I think what's going to be really interesting is watching Jonathan Isaac become a leader um, more than anything else. Like, you know, we're, you know, yes, he's going to have to take care of himself and take care of his body and make sure that he's back healthy. But Jonathan Isaac's going to be the the, the, the captain and the leader of the team. I mean, Gary Harris will be, I mean, if Gary Harris is still there, if Terrence Ross is still there, they'll be veterans. Everyone will look up to them, but this team is going to go as Jonathan Isaac goes. And again, this is the case, no matter what your star sets the tone for your team. Your star is everything for your team, um, and I think that that's, I think that that's 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 going to fall to Jonathan Isaac, and it's me. I think it's going to be really. I mean, the guy is the guy. I think gets along with everybody. Uh, the guy, I think, you know, again, he he can speak in front of a room. We've we've seen it. We've seen we've seen him uh, at his at his church, obviously. Um, but but I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Jonathan Isaac reacts because he's again one of the more experienced players in that locker room now. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Marco Fultz will be there to help too, I think, um, as well. Um, so Wilson Reyes asked me starting five on opening day. That's going to be really tough for me to say because I do think the Magic will trade one of Gary Harris or Terrence Ross, probably Terrence Ross. So I would bet that the opening five on opening night uh, next year is going to be Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Chumo Kiki, Jonathan Isaac, and Wendell Carter. Um, I do think both rookies come off the bench uh, to start the year. Um, you know, again, the Magic would have, if they draft Kuminga, would have the luxury of bringing him off the bench. They'd have Moses Moody as well, which you could play the, probably the two or the three. Um, and, again, and again, if they get rid of Terrence Ross, they'll probably get something there. Uh, I think in free agency, one of the big things the Magic will try and do is they'll try and find a kind of discount backup five. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that they'll trade Mo Bamba, but I, I think they really need a veteran four or five to kind of round out this roster. I, I think they'll keep Michael Carter-Williams. They'll bring him off the bench as well. Um, and then when Marco, and so it'll be Hampton, Carter Williams, uh, probably, you know, Moody, whoever they pick with eight, uh, along with Kuminga and then Bamba or, or veteran center. Again, you're looking at this and, and, and someone's, some young player, some young player is not going to play. Um, you know, I think that's, that's, that's going to be the unfortunate part about this thing, unless the magic just decide to go really young with very few veterans that are actually in the playing rotation or they play like an 11 man 11 or 12 man rotation. I don't know if the, that was, that was always something that, uh, that Steve Clifford avoided, but that might be something that the new coach is willing to do again. Um, we're coming up here on about quarter to six here on Thursday. I want to thank everyone for joining today's, uh, today's green room. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you want to say, um, you know, any questions you want to ask, you can do so of course, uh, in the chat, or you can make a speaker request, um, and then talk to me directly. This is uh, meant to be sort of like a, a talk radio show where, you know, I take, I take callers and listen to what you have to say and, and, you know, maybe hopefully have some conversation. I know I tend to try and answer things authoritatively, but you know, I'm open to hearing what, what you all have to say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
it's going it's going to be interesting to see what the Magic do again. They have a lot of options, and again, I, I, I I'm trying to tell you what the Magic starting five is going to be next year, but I I don't think I can say that with any certainty because I do think that a lot of things are in flux for the Orlando Magic at this point. I do think that the Magic um do have a lot of have a lot of you know kind of plates spinning right now, and and they'll 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 get to a lot of different things coming coming up here um, over the next few few weeks months whatever it is we obviously have like a month to go before the NBA draft so there's gonna be a lot lot coming out uh, for the head coach uh, for the NBA draft um Daniel Morton asked which head coach vacancy gets filled next um obviously Indiana and Boston are off the board um you know I I suspect Portland's gonna be next it feels like Portland's the furthest along of anyone. Um, would not surprise me if Dallas, you know, Dallas probably still has to kind of put their pieces together. They probably want to hire a GM first. So Dallas is probably a little ways away. Um, I know that Rick Carlisle came out in support of Jason Kidd today. Um, but Dallas needs a GM and, and I, or needs a uh, lead executive. Um, you know, obviously they have Mark Cuban in place and Cuban's going to have a lot of say in that hire. But um, I would like, I, I would think that, I would think that they'll, go in a different direction that they'll wait for their GM first. So I, I would think that the next coach is Portland um, would not surprise me if it's new Orleans, maybe um, Washington seems to be pretty deep into their process. Orlando is pretty deep into their process too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I do think that a lot of the, the high quality coaches that Orlando wants may, might be waiting on other opportunities or, or might be kind of playing slow playing it to get, to get to other opportunities as well. Um, Aaron Okiki asks, um, who would you like to see as the next head coach? Um, I do think that the Magic will try and have a head coach in place by the week of the 4th of July. So July, the week of July 5th, I would say the week of July 12th at the latest. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of people who think Kenny Atkinson would be the right coach. Um, I, I think I don't think that he wants to do another rebuild. I don't think he wants to be pegged as the rebuild coach. But you look at Kenny Atkinson's teams early on in his tenure in Brooklyn. They played hard. A lot of people noted they played fast. They did not care about, they did not, they, they shot a lot of threes. They, they really tried to, they really tried to kind of pick the, and so to really pick up the pace and kind of find points on the margins and just, just play really scrappy. Uh, and, and I think that, and, and I really loved watching those Brooklyn team plays. Like they were overmatched a lot of nights. They got caught a lot of nights, but they would catch some teams by surprise because they played really, really, really hard. So I definitely still have, I have Kenny Atkinson pretty high on my board. I'm still a fan of David Vanterpool. Um, I am. I, I dropped him out of my weekly coaching power ranking, coaching search power rankings, because there's just zero reporting that he's even on, getting interviewed for any jobs. But um, Vanderpool's development record and I think relationship record is pretty strong, and, and he's obviously deserved a head coaching job. I'll give some love to Darvin Ham. I know the last time we saw Darvin Ham, and I needed to double check this, and I did. Darvin Ham was the guy that nearly attacked James Ennis um, during the playoffs last year. Um, Darvin Ham, I think would make a good coach. Um, I wouldn't mind him. Although, you know, again, there's issues with Bud uh, and Mike Budenholzer and the way that, that way that he's kind of run things or, or some of the decisions that he's made that I think Darvin Ham would be a pretty solid coach. Uh, so would Charles Lee, honestly, from Milwaukee staff as well. Um, you know, I would have been a big fan of Ime Yodoka as well. Uh, if that was, if that was the direction of magic we're trying to go to um, again, very, very likely that the name that the, the person at the Magic hire has not even been rumored or reported yet. Um, because again, the, I think the Magic are probably going to have to go for a first time coach. They're going to have to go for someone who maybe isn't at the top of everyone's list because this is such a, a, a strange situation. This is such a ground floor situation. And so it's going to need a coach that's going to have a little bit of patience, have a, you know, get, get a little bit of leeway and a little, little bit of running room, uh, and, and really kind of be willing to work and develop this team, uh, uh fully. Um, so yeah, no, that's it's it's definitely it's definitely again. I feel like I know not that I know, but I'm familiar with assistant coaches and what they do and, and the market. But I would I would even sit here and say like, look, I don't know how much to credit David Vanderpool for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum's success. Obviously, I think he gets a little bit of it, but what were his day to day responsibilities with Terry Stotts? Um, what what were what were his responsibilities? What did he accomplish? You know what what. What was his, what is his, what was, how did he interact with that staff and what was his role within that staff? Um, you know, coaches, coaches are developed, are, are, are kind of hired or are, are what they do is always a little bit different per staff. Like Steve Clifford was very good about delegating to a staff. Um, you know, they did the, the way the Stan Van Gundy system worked was the coach, the assistant, all these assistant coaches have a little bit of a specialty. Like, you know, um, Mike Matisse was the big man coach. Um, you know, Bruce Treitzer, obviously the, the shooting, the kind of shooting coach. But like their day-to-day responsibilities 
they split the schedule up evenly between all of them. They're responsible for the kind of game plan and scouting for the, the opponents that they're assigned. They take the lead. They take the charge on the, on the nights that, that, that that's their team that, that they prepped for. Uh, you know, that was kind of their game day responsibilities. But, you know, what did they do behind the scenes otherwise? You know, honestly, like, I, I don't know. I don't know all of it. And I'm around that team a lot. I don't know exactly what, what everyone's responsibilities are and what to credit and what not to credit people for. Um, you know, again, I think Ty Corbin would be a good hire for the Orlando Magic. I think Pat Delaney would be a good hire if they want to kind of stick in-house and stick with those guys. Um, there are guys that are that are on on track there. Um, Wilson Reyes asked, what about Jason Kidd? Uh, I am not a fan of Jason Kidd. I don't think Jason Kidd would be a good coach for the Orlando Magic. I know that there was a huge the Milwaukee made a huge jump in his first year with the Bucks, um, but uh, yeah, they really struggled after that. Um, there's there always been these reports, and maybe they're real, maybe they're not, of Jason Kidd kind of pushing for more power. Um, you know, you talk to Bucks fans, they would say that that Bucks had no defensive game plan. The players really didn't like playing for him. Um, really kind of pushed them too hard, or you know, didn't just didn't really know what he was doing. Would two years under Frank Vogel kind of change some of that? Sure. I, I would bet that he's matured, that he's a little bit more ready for that job now. But I, I get the feeling Jason Kidd's a better coach for a, a, a more veteran-laden roster um, where he can be a whisperer to the star and kind of get the most out of the star. Not a coach that would be good for a young team like this. Um, I I am not interested. You know, honestly, I am not interested in Jason Kidd. Um, there's just there's just too much baggage there, um, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, I would I would be looking for someone else and looking at someone else uh, to be the team's head coach. If the, if the Magic hired Jason Kidd, again, who knows? You really don't know. But if the Magic hired Jason Kidd, I feel like that would be a headline grab more than a, a, a grab to find a coach that actually would help this team grow and develop the way that they need to. Um, that that's just my opinion. Um, you know, again, from what I've read, from what I understand, from the Bucks fans that I've talked to, Kid is not well thought of in Milwaukee. Um, for his tenure. Um, and again, like literally, they fired Jason Kidd. Mike Budenholzer came in. They went from a seven eight seed to a, a one seed. Um, you know, I, I think that says a little something. And Mike Budenholzer is getting tons of criticism for the way that the Bucks have played in the postseason and some of the decisions that he's made in the postseason, both this year and last year. Mike Budenholzer has done a much better job with that Bucks team than Jason Kidd did. And again, some of it is where the roster was and where the roster developed. But to see that quick of a turnaround, I think speaks really ill of the job that he did. Again, um, you know, I would honestly, I don't want Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson would be better. Um, but Mark Jackson has a lot of problems too. I, I'm not suggesting Magic should hire Mark Jackson. I don't have Mark Jackson on my list. I don't want Mark Jackson on my list. Um, I, I, I think that there's some, some really, some really damaging culture stuff that, that both those coaches have done, unfortunately, um, that'll be really, really tough to, to overcome at this point. We're coming up here on broadcasting for an hour. We're about 10 till six. Um, I think I'm going to start closing things up. So if you have any last second comments or speaker requests you want to make, um, please, please make them now. Um, we'll forever hold your peace. We'll be back again next week. Of course. We'll do another one of these. We'll talk a little bit more about where the Magic are at with their draft process. We'll talk a little bit more with where the Magic are at in the coaching search. Obviously, you kind of see where everything kind of starts to settle with the draft. Obviously, the NBA draft combine going on right now. Impressive showing, uh, impressive measurements from Moses Moody. Impressive athletic showing from Keon Johnson, who I've kind of poo-pooed away because of the shot, but hard to ignore that max vert that he had uh, and some of the athletic skills that he has. Um, you know, the, there'll be a lot of work to do and a lot of things to, to, to break down. Um, as we get into this draft class. But um, if there are no other questions, if there's no further comments, I want to thank everyone for joining the Spotify Green Room. Um, uh, Wilson Ray has asked any workouts. Um, Jeff Wellman did say after uh, the lottery on Tuesday, the Magic have not had anyone in to work out yet, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but the Magic have not had anyone in to work out yet. They are at the NBA Draft Combine. They did start doing interviews today. Um, Josh Robbins of The Athletic reported that the Orlando Magic had interviewed uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, Keon Johnson, and Jalen Johnson. So again, Magic are well into their process. And, and now that they have this clarity, I'm sure they'll begin to target who they want to target and, and, and begin speaking to the guy and arranging uh, the guys that they want to talk to. Um, I would note this, that the, the workout, especially of the top prospects, isn't as big of a deal. The agents control a lot more of that process now. Um, and we're seeing you know, a lot of them a lot of the, a lot of the top prospects, especially, um, do like kind of pro days with their agency rather than travel, you know, gym to gym to gym. It's usually those guys in the middle that are doing the gym to gym to gym, you know, kind of going from place to place to place to place, doing workouts. And again, that's uh, that can help a lot of guys. Like Donovan Mitchell made his name 
in those workouts beating the people that he was supposed to be drafted next to or, or supposed to be drafted ahead of him. That's where Utah knew they were going to take Donovan Mitchell. So I still think that holds a, a, a key part of the process. But if you're a top guy, if you're projected to be at the top of this draft, the agents do a really good job protecting you uh, and keeping you in, in situations where they control they can control the narrative and control things a little bit more. Obviously, an interview is an interview. you got to do interviews. It's a job interview. Um, but as far as the basketball skills, as far as the workout part, less and less of that happening. I mean, even last year, um, the Magic had to go to Miami to, to talk to Cole Anthony. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac, they never actually worked out Jonathan Isaac. They went to New York. They, Jonathan Isaac didn't even come to Orlando. They went to New York to meet with Jonathan Isaac. So, again, I think the interview process and, and this part of the process um, is very, very different than what it used to be uh, here in, in the NBA as we run up to the draft. Um, thanks again for the question. Thank you again, everyone, for joining um, the Spotify green room. I hope everyone really enjoyed this. Um, I look forward to these every, every week. Um, and I look forward to scheduling these as well. So um, we will definitely do this again next. We'll probably do this again next week. I won't say definitely, but we will probably do this again next week um, as we get ready for the NBA draft. Hopefully we have some more coaching news. Hopefully we'll be a little bit closer to, to getting some clarity on what's coming next. But I want to thank everyone again for joining today's uh, Spotify Green Room. This will be replayed on Locked on Magic Thursday night or Friday morning. So you can download it and listen to it again. Be sure to download Locked On Magic. Subscribe wherever you download podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you also download podcasts to your podcast and your listening device. You can always ask me questions online at Philip R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, always check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Right now on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, I have my five best NBA draft fits for the Orlando Magic. We'll begin talking more and more about these prospects as this draft process continues. We've got a month to go, everyone. I want to thank everyone for joining the Spotify Green Room. Until next time, for Line Magic, Dale and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you again next time for another Spotify Green Room and, of course, on Lockdown Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.